and plus, magic has magic has been like losing control of Limbo. It's been like a little side plot bubbling under in the books. I don't know if people saw it. Even in um the death of Doctor Strange, the first issue, some demons from Limbo had like came over and was just attacking people. And he had to help her get it under control. They don't respect her. They do respect her. Remember, you probably don't remember, but remember in Cable, remember he said she's the Beyonce of that place. <laughs> <laughs> All they do is betray her and overthrow her because she's never there. People listen to her. And she came down there and told them what to do and all of that. Especially when she's do down you remember, there. Do you remember they don't pay attention to her when she's not present. Now that's the problem. Because <laughs> they don't respect her. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. They don't care about that girl. And so Maddie's going to come in and she's going to do what needs to be done. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of another relaunch. Oh, you know what? This week, I am going to be Electra Nachos, Bad Bitch Ninja Assassin. Okay. Um, I will be Jake Lockley. He is one of Moon Knight Mark Spector's personalities. Ooh, okay. You better start that Moon Knight promo before his show come out. I know that's <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I've had um, a really nice week. I took two days off of work just kind of like to do things. You know, we've been talking about how capitalism has been kicking our ass a little bit lately. And so I was like, the holidays are coming up. I was like, let me just like take two minutes, go get like gifts, get stuff taken care of, run a bunch of errands, and then just like have a little extra bit of time on my weekend. And so I've been feeling great. It's cold here in the district, which is like blah, but I got some hot cocoa and some alcohol. And so... It's a party. <laughs> See, I know that's right. I know that's How about right. You? I have been, you know, I've been sick. <coughs> you know, oh, damn. No. While, uh, you got tea for y'all out there. <laughs> I don't think I got that. I got tested. So, like, oh, okay. I'm on that. And I, could, I still got, like, my taste and smell and all that kind of stuff. Okay. But, child, we almost ain't had no show this week. I'm not feeling well. And then, speak oh, on that. So, like, you know, I'm not feeling well. I'm sick. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and like, I've been talking mm-hmm. to this guy for like the last couple of weeks or whatever. Like, cute guy, brown skin, okay. six. And, um, oh, <laughs> <laughs> he's really <laughs> real nice and all that kind of stuff. But like, I'm sick, right? Mm-hmm. Why mm-hmm. are you still asking me what are you doing? <laughs> I'm still sick. Oh, like, he know why. Why are you double YD me all the time? You need because he wants you to tell him to bring you some soup. Oh no, I don't need that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't need that. No. <laughs> uh, that's what he's waiting on. You're supposed to be like, oh, you're gonna bring me some soup, some OJ, maybe a little Theraflu or something like that. Is that mm-hmm. not? I probably got sick from a man already. So, so, so no. That's what happens. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. <laughs> if there's one thing. If there's yeah, one thing. Like, 
I'd be like, oh, I'm sick. And he'd be like, later on in the day, oh, what are you doing? I'm still sick. Like, <laughs> I'm not doing anything. <laughs> oh, that is hilarious. <laughs> mm. But anyway, enough, enough of my problems. Let's get into these comic books. Okay, up first is Devil's Reign number one. And this mm. is written by Chip Zdarsky with art by Marco Chetetso. And... <clears throat> Let me just go ahead and get this out of the way and say that this is what Civil War should have been. <laughs> you know, if there's one thing that I know that I have been kind of sick of is all the hero versus hero stuff. Like, it almost feels like sometimes writers are kind of playing into the whole, um, and I apologize already, people, if you hear me coughing or whatever, but, like, I will say that, like, it feels like a lot of the hero versus hero stuff is writers playing into, like, who can win fights. You know what I'm saying? Like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or a little bit of a rumble. Who's, yeah, which, like, I understand people like seeing the heroes kind of fight each other, but with The Devil's Reign, he's kind of, Chip has kind of taken that hero versus hero thing out and made the um, antagonist kingpin. So, like, <clears throat> we have some clearly drawn lines of hero versus villain. Now, um, it's this book starts with the Stromwinds who were, like, these underground white kingpin people who have like been controlling um like the underground for a while and they like to just pretty much shake the table and they feel as though kingpin is no longer um the kingpin anymore he's like the mayor but again they kind of want they kind of want to shake the table and see what's going on now the kingpin went and gave a speech about that the uh kingpin went and gave a speech that superheroes and vigilantes are pretty much outlawed in new york and Mm -hmm. now he's got his own thunderbolts which are like a lot of villains or whatever who are the uh, enforcers now in new york so a lot of the heroes are being arrested because you know the basically again like civil war yeah moon knight shows up has some really cool moments in it i thought that they were cool um you look good you did look kind of good when the sinister sticks showed up to kind of stop him the sinister sticks and um um, what's that boy that Falcon don't like? U.S. Oh, agent. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when they showed up uh, to fight him, I thought that was pretty cool. And then we even got a really cool moment of Miles and Cap together, and Captain I love America. That relationship, by the way. Like, right? I don't know. I don't know if a lot of people notice it because they're not always together, and obviously they're not put together a lot because of their respective corners and what they do. But anytime there's some type of event. They have really made an effort to show that Cat really likes Miles. And, like, mm-hmm. he is always kind of down to protect him, especially ever since, um, what was that event? Secret Empire, where they prophesized with the Inhuman, and it was like he was supposed to kill him. You know what event that was. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't even going to say it. Oh, but ever since that event, um, ever since that event, you know, they've really been making sure to, like, build that relationship up and just kind of always show them together and, like, having a little bit of a, like, a little big brother moment a little bit. And I, I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah, I do like seeing them together. Um, so while they have been uh, basically arresting all these vigilantes, most of them have pretty much gotten away into secret bunkers and stuff and been working together on how to combat it. Um, the Fantastic Four are involved in this, and they have 
always been written to have this like special sanction with the government because like a lot of the experiments that Reed does are pretty dangerous because he's going to other universes and all this other kind of crazy science stuff um, where they can kind of practice in New York and be left alone. However, mm-hmm. with uh, Kingpin being the mayor, he sends Dr. Octavius over to like, you know, take over there. Reed's uh, his uh, science lab and which is never a good thing. You never want anybody like pretty much tampering in his lab because there's a lot of stuff in there that are people should not have access to probably. For yeah. example, his um, multiversal bridge. He has used that before in uh, the the first time I think I've ever seen it being used was in Hickman's run of the Fantastic Four. He like created this bridge basically that can like grant you access to all these other universes. So mm. I don't see that doing very well for the heroes if they ever end up playing out with whatever Octavius is going to be doing with that bridge because he ends up contacting Kingpin. He's like, yeah, I got it. Like I have the, the bridge, I have control over it. So I don't think that's going to be very good. I hope (laughs) they don't bring some people over. That'd be bad. Um, Mm. I did like the moment between Kingpin who later goes on and up with his son and he does Mm -hmm. call him his son and lets him know that like, you know, uh, you shouldn't be doing this kind of stuff. And like, I'm kind of setting up the heroes being uh, persecuted for you. Like, I'm kind of trying to help yeah. you like out. Young Kingpin Jr. ain't having it, and <laughs> they are not the best of friends. So I, I'm interested to see what kind of goes on with that relationship. And we get in towards the end, and uh, Tony Stark is like, you know, I think I've learned what needs to go happen. Like, we need to work on the inside. And he's mm-hmm. like, I'm going to run for mayor. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm going to run for mayor. And then I'm going to oppose. At least that way we can get Kingpin out. Well, all this drama is even started because Kingpin knows that, like, he had a secret file that was going to be about Daredevil's identity. But that file is, like, completely blank. And he's like, I know that there was something here. I know mm-hmm. I had my mind changed. He goes and meets up with um, Purple Man, who has been, like, in a container and all that kind of stuff. Like, he's been captured because he's obviously a terrible person. Horrible. Um, <clears throat> really terrible person. Who Kingpin ends up killing <laughs> because, again, he's like, I know that you were involved in this somehow with changing my memory. And, of course, he goes on his kingpin rage and kills him. And then we get a little splash scene of what the Stromwinds have planned next, and that is to make kingpin the president, which Mm -hmm. I think is a pretty interesting turn and can really shake the table for things where, like, it really made you realize that the villains were thinking far beyond what the Mm -hmm. heroes were doing. Like, you're trying to get rid of kingpin, and we're already, like, well beyond that. So I'm... I've been enjoying the story a lot. I thought that this was a great opening to all of this. Agreed. Um, it's definitely given Civil War <laughs> three, but from a different perspective. So I'm enjoying it. I love, you know, this is my lane. It's the streets. It is. And we here. You know, like I said, I, I come down to the streets a few mm-hmm. times, you know. Mm-hmm. I have been watching. If I didn't have, if I were in like these kind of universes and I didn't have superpowers, mm-hmm. I would want to be like a reformed assassin. You know, okay. like, <laughs> okay. you know, like I used to probably kill people, but like, I don't do that as much yeah, anymore. <laughs> we'll take that. You know? uh, yeah, I thought it was a really good showing for a lot of the characters involved. Uh, the art was obviously phenomenal. Everyone looked good. I enjoyed the like implications of Kingpin and kind of what he's doing. 
I don't necessarily think the story is like super. I guess like like I said, it feels a little bit like Civil War. So it's yeah, like it's not like a, it's not like brand new. Yeah, but like I think it's in the enjoyable and it does what it needs to do, and I think it's going to be like I think it's one of those ones that's going to have some long ramifications that actually mean something. Um, mm-hmm. The thing uh, with Purple Man was kind of interesting to me because he's a mutant, right? Purple Man. Okay, I was going to bring that up too. So like, and shouldn't and the X Man come over? <laughs> but I think that would actually be like a really interesting thing to kind of get into with him and his character because it's like you know here's Purple Man he's kind of he's obviously a horrible person but should they resurrect him on Krakoa to like let him get his second chance because isn't that what Krakoa is all about yeah and like don't isn't there like a rule within Krakoa that mutants answer to like mutant justice so are mm-hmm. the X-Men going to show up at some point and come scoop him up? Because he's a terrible person. And then, like, he has, um, for those who don't know, the reason that uh, Daredevil's identity was uh, completely erased out of people's minds is because the Purple Man's children did that, like, as a favor to Daredevil. And um, these children were not, like, children that he helped raise. They were all the women that he said, like, assaulted before. So he's yeah. not a very good man. So like, yeah. The are the X Men gonna come do something? I don't know. Let's get to work. Let's see. <laughs> you know they, you know they about to go through a big change. Ugh. Yeah, they don't look too much of a change to me. Too much to me. But yeah, I would. What would you rate this issue? Um, I'd give it a solid three point five out of five. I think it was a great setup for the events. I think the art again was fantastic. Like the little bit you got with the heroes, um, I think you feel the stakes of it. Again, I think you said it's really interesting that the heroes are kind of in this space where they're trying to do this thing to like just you know Tony's like oh I'm about to run for mayor and it's like baby we passed the villains are like we're past that already. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> like okay. We, we already got the flyers printed and, and the marketing material. We, we only need him here for like two more months. So <laughs> it's just like cool. Do what you need to do. Um. So I, I I'm really enjoying. It. I'm I'm gonna stick around for sure. Yeah, I would end up giving this issue a, a definitely like a four out of five. Mm-hmm. It was it was a really solid intro to this event, and I think it's gonna be great. I'm Same. here for it. I really like Zadarsky's uh, cat too. He yeah. Yeah. All right. Up next is Death of Doctor Strange, Blade Number One, and take it away, Keenan, because I know that Blade is your boy. So let us know. Oh my gosh! So this was really, really good. This was written by um, Danny Lore, and it had art by Dylan Burnett. And let me just tell you, like, this is a team who I feel like could do a Blade solo. Like the art was so, so good, and it fits so well for the story. It's kind of got like a little bit of a, I don't know how to explain it. Kind of like a cartoony, like punk rock feel a little bit. Think um, you've seen okay. how Beta Ray, you think uh, Daniel Warren Johnson, you've seen the pages of uh, Beta Ray Bill, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. think it kind of like how he draws a little bit in a way. That's what okay. that style is similar to. And I think it fits like perfectly well for Blade in this particular story. Uh, he has become the sheriff of uh, the vampire town in Chernobyl that Jacqueline has set up in Aaron's Avengers. This is actually the first time we've really seen him doing something with it. Um, because mm-hmm. the issue, it was Avengers 45 where he finally like made that new status quo change and then Heroes Reborn happened directly after that. And so this is the first time we're getting back to it and we just see him there and how he's interacting with all the vampires. Of course, they don't like him. He doesn't like them. Dracula is like loving it. He's being very petty and passive aggressive to Blade and he's calling him the help to everybody. And Blade's <laughs> like... <laughs> 
Yeah, he's being like real nasty. <laughs> so nasty. <laughs> he's like being real nasty. Um, but and so the vampires, Doctor Strange has died. Obviously, this is Doctor Strange's tie-in. He's died, and so all the vampires are throwing a party. And they are dressed up in like his costumes and all this stuff like that. And they're like coming up to Blade at the party and they're like, Oh, we're sorry your friend is dead. Do you wanna cry? And they're like torturing him and he's getting mad and when Strange died, the barriers to all the magic realms broke down. So, like, some monsters, um, some creatures, they're not really monsters, but these creatures from a different world come in, Dra- uh, Blade and Dracula's bodyguard beast them down. There's this one, like, kid left. And so they take him and they get he and um, he has this power to control your emotions. He's like an empath. And he starts enhancing Blade's rage that he feels towards the vampires. And then this big fight ends up breaking out because he manipulates this one girl to do his bidding because she also really hates Blade. Her name's Dahlia. She's kind of like nasty as well. And they end up (laughs) fighting. But Dracula stops them. And it's just like a really good story that entails that. And you see Blade do what he needs to do. He fights some more monsters other than vampires. He's adjusting to his new status quo. Dracula is funny. The art is kinetic. It's good. Now, do you like um, Blade being this like sheriff of the of Dracula town? Like, should that be his like his new status quo? Yeah, no, definitely. I think it's something that I'm shocked it hasn't happened a long time before. And I think it, the only thing that has to change about it is kind of how Blade feels about vampires. Like, we know Blade hates vampires. But it's also like, by the time we get to the end of the issue, one tries to step to him and say something smart, and he just kills him. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> it's like he punches him, knocks him out, and then he, like, stakes him through the heart. And it's kind of like, oh, okay. It's like, well, you can't just do that to everybody. It's like, <laughs> you gotta... I think you have to really start to give the vampires, like, a little bit of agency. And despite Blade hating them, he has to kind of realize that some of them, oh, they matter. And, like, you can't just be, like, killing them randomly like that sometimes. Um, Right. But we'll see. Dracula was hilarious in this. I recommend people pick it up for that alone, honestly. He was just like, what are you going to do? He's like, you're not going to kill me. (laughs) (laughs) He was just like, what are you going to do? He's like, you're here to like, you have to follow my rules. You have to do what I say. Like, this is what your friend, Avengers friends told you. He was like, so what? He's like, go do it. And it's great. I mean, I like that. Um, I will break this. Okay. I, I love the bad guy who's just bad. I will rate this issue a four out of five. Um, okay. Again, if this theme continued on doing like a Blade solo series, I'll be all about it. You know, I feel like that Blade solo has been like churning for a while. We should have gotten a long time ago with that daughter series. That was like maybe six years ago now R. at R. this R. point. R.I.P. But um, you know, you know how Marvel do. They waiting for that MCU hype to come. So they are. They are. And I think the thing about Blade, too, is, like, I think a lot of people are still trying to figure out what his personality is. Even here in this book, we get a lot of him just being kind of like the mean, angry guy who likes to kill vampires and he wants to be alone. But there are some nice moments that talk about his grief and how the boy who ends up manipulating emotions and turns to a monster, he, like, really starts amplifying that grief. He's like, because whereas everybody else is so fueled by their hate and their anger towards him, he's like, you're actually sad because, again, your friend just died. Right. Like, he's like, you're traumatizing. He's like, it's okay that you gotta gotta start feeling those things. So it was nice to see. If they can okay. continue that trend, it would be great. Is this a mini? 
it's just a one this one shot. No, see, they playing. <laughs> but it's all. But I will say it has quickly, and this isn't really hard to do. But you know, I reread it a couple times, and like I would easily put this in like a top five Blade story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Isn't Blade that fan? awful? Yeah. <laughs> he needs way more content. But this is like a top five. This is like top. I would say like this, um, Captain Britain and MI-13 that Peter Cornell did, uh, Mighty Avengers by E-Wing. That's three. So make of that what you will. He wasn't even in that the whole time. Yeah, we uh, we need to get Blade some more content and some more stories. Mm. All right. Up next is uh, Hellions number 18, and this is written by Zeb Wells with art by Zay Carlos and Stephen, Stephen Zagovia. And this is the last issue of this mm-hmm. run. All the books are winding uh, rapping, down. All the books are winding down. This is uh, basically the farewell issue of the Hellions. And um, it's time to send some people to the pit. You know, um, the last issue... <coughs> same. The last issue... Uh, they basically went to go and save or basically stop. Um, I forget. Does he have a real name? Is it Peter? Oh, Orphan Maker. Yeah. Orphan Maker. Peter. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> they went to go stop Orphan Maker from rescuing this like AI baby. And the he ended up killing some humans while he was over there. And that is a no-no amongst the Krakoan law. And, you know, the council is pretty much saying we have to abide by these rules and show people that, like, they mean something seriously. Um, So, got to throw them in the pit. And uh, basically, the Hellions are (coughs) speaking their case. The X-Men show up, and they're pretty much there to arrest. Get beat up. Uh, (coughs) Hold on. (laughs) Not so fast. I'm just uh, saying, let's call it what it is. <laughs> they did uh, end up fighting with each other. Um, and I also will say that I appreciated that uh, they acknowledged that Lorna and Alex were a couple before, but they moved on because uh, Alex <laughs> sees Lorna. He says hi. Mm-hmm. Lorna says hi. They kept it moving. <laughs> there was no, there was no, we're going to look at each other and, and reminisce. It's time to move on. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so the X-Men come in to arrest Peter and they're fighting with each other and to end the fight, Empath pretty much stops every the Hellions or whatever. And uh Is they Jean show up. Jean was not. I mean, I didn't think about that. Why didn't she stop? Well, Cyclops didn't tell her to. So um any anyway. They take them to the council and it's time for them to pretty much plead their case about like they need to go into the pit. And in my opinion, Nanny shows up and she's like, I'm not going to let y'all send him to the pit by himself. Like, I'm going to go with him. And personally, I feel like Nanny should have been in there her own, by her own damn self anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not forget all them parents and stuff she used to kill back in the day. And she's with the right. <laughs> that little egg lady is not good. <laughs> I mean, I think that's the thing about. Ooh, go ahead, finish finish talking about this. The boy, the boy's name is Orphan Maker. <laughs> what do you think? How do you think he got that name? He's making orphans by killing parents, and she was the one sending them after him. 
She's not a good lady. She's funny because she wants to kill Sinister. Sure. She yeah. got to go to the pits. I'm not Personally, mad. that's what I um, So, long story short, they say, all right, you can go with them there. <laughs> 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 they, didn't even, they didn't even fight it. They were like, all right, girl, but if you want to go, <laughs> well, you can uh, go too. Do you remember, side note, it made me think of, um, did you watch Making the Band back in the day? Yes. Do you remember Remember when uh, Diddy broke the group up and he sat them down and was like, uh, you know, Aubrey, you bad, like you could lead a group. And then he turned, he turned to Juanita and she was like, well, I don't feel bad. He was like, well, you could go too. <laughs> that was such a nasty That's moment a- on television. Diddy is a nasty <laughs> man. Oh, but, but it gives you quality TV. That was quality He's, television. That was my. I remember like watching that like on television in my. I think I was in my dorm. I want to say. I uh, think I was in my. Yes. Oh my <laughs> god! And like my heart was beating out my chest. I was so like, what? He's breaking he really this. Sat, he sat them <laughs> girls down and said, "You can leave." And the one girl spoke up and he was like, "Well, you can leave with her." <laughs> <laughs> and then walked out. This was, yeah. <laughs> And, he and was they all kind of looked at each other like, oh, is that it? Like, <laughs> it was too much. So uh, Nanny and Orpha Maker are in the pit. Later on, we do get this kind of like sad scene of all the Hellions beating up on Empath. They were like, you over there with them. Like, <laughs> you let them use our name. <laughs> like, That's what it, the fuck, Manuel? You are like... Because what? like, it, it, here's my thing with like, and again, like, I just don't feel bad for these people. They're bad people. And so like empath, yeah, you you get in cussed out and you get in yelled at and they make supposed to make you feel like, oh, you still feel bad for him because he seems like he seems remorseful about doing it, but he's still doing it. If he was remorseful, <laughs> wouldn't he just Yeah. Like, no, you yeah. still controlling everybody and it's like, oh, you know, you know this is bad, you know this is what makes people hate you, and you're just like, well. I'm doing it anyway, so let me just keep doing it. Yeah, I'm not going to feel bad for you, homie. They should kick you mm-hmm. when they see you. Exactly. And you're worried about whether or not if people like you or not, or like how they feel about you, but you don't even let them have their own feelings. You change them. So. Bye. But, but hey, maybe they, maybe he hasn't, it seems like this program didn't learn too much. Like, he didn't learn too much from this. <laughs> like, I thought this was supposed to reform a lot of them, and he's still doing the same thing. I think they all are. I think the whole thing about the Hellions is that they are a group of losers and you're supposed to kind of sit there and watch them bond in losing. You know, they are like, but they see, they bond together and like they see good in each other and like that's fine. The good in each other bonds you, but you're still kind of bad. Mm-hmm. And like that's fine. Also, you're just good. You're just yeah. good about being bad. Yeah. And then we do see um, Wild Child. He's been given these medications to kind of calm himself down and not be such an angry animal. Um, normally, I guess he normally wasn't taking them at all, but uh, Cece was like, no, take your medicine. <clears throat> and he did this time. Now, the last scene, the last the the last few scenes we get is Scott meeting up with Havoc, and he's like, you know, there were some problems about what, what needed to happen, but we did. We made some things work. We we pulled some strings. Come on, I got you somebody you need to come and meet. And then who is, who is he introducing them to? That lake. 
Madeline Pryor is back. <laughs> ah, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. <laughs> she is back. Madeline Pryor is back. She had on her she had on her little ski costume or outfit thing that she, she used to wear. Mm-hmm. Gave you a little she don't have her, hair. She don't have her bob like she used to. Which means she's probably not about the business this time around. She's she probably a little bob. bit more angry. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she's like, you know, upset that she was resurrected because she's like, um, did anybody ever take like take my consideration into this, or am I just another pawn for another summers? And I was like, well, girl. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. Sometimes you back though. Yeah. Now you can change the you narrative are. if you want. She about to be taking yeah. limbo for magic. So um, she's a mutant. Or is she, yeah. or she's a mutant off of technicality because she's a clone of Jean. And what are her powers? She's a teller. She has, she can do everything Jean does. Plus magic. That's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, ladies. That's dumb. <laughs> this is gonna be fun. What book is? She? Oh, she's gonna be a new mutant because she's taking limbo from magic. I did just say that. Um, she's not taking limbo from that from magic. Yeah, she she's is. gonna show up in her little outfit, probably maybe summon some demons. Magic get beat gets there. limbo to lose it. Oh, that's I guess that's kind of true because then she we have to see her come and take it back. So I don't think she she'll probably have a little she have a little round in there. And plus, magic has magic has <clears throat> been like losing control of limbo. It's been like a little side plot bubbling under in the books. I don't know if people saw it. Even in um the death of Doctor Strange, the first issue, some demons from limbo had like came over and was just attacking people. And he had to help Damn. her get it under control. They don't respect her. They do respect her. Remember, <laughs> you probably don't remember, but remember in Cable, remember he says she's the Beyonce of that place. <laughs> <laughs> All they do is betray her and overthrow her because she's never there. You be listening to her if she came down there and told them what to do and all of that, especially when she's down do you remember, there. Do you remember they don't pay attention to her when she's not present. Now, that's the problem. Because <laughs> they don't respect her. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. They don't care about that girl. And so Maddie's going to come in and she's going to do what needs to be done. She's going to do something. Side note. Side note. I got a text message from that boy. What did he ask me? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> tell him tell him you want to bring you some soup and see what he says. Leave me alone. <laughs> um, so we did get a little bit of some stuff, which I'm actually kind of interested in seeing at the end. And it looks like Sinister has DNA from um cyclops gene storm nightcrawler wolverine probably some more obviously this is inching him towards his whole chimera thing um which makes sense because remember he had, i think he had his chimera farm on mars so i'm sure now that mars has been um kind of it's become uh-huh. like Araco now <clears throat> and colonized by the mutants um this is going to start the whole chimera thing which i'm kind of interested in seeing only because I feel like that's gonna bring him and Exodus to like a head, and they're gonna fight. I like that. I um, I'm not excited for the Chimeras. I won't lie. I only I look at them as like cannon fodder for people to fight. They're not gonna be around for real. <laughs> I just think they're like got some things for them to fight. I guess I would think that if they like fall in the X books. 
That's well, they were in the ho- in the Hawks box. Well, remember the girls loved uh, Rasputin. I didn't. Um, but yeah, overall, like it was a nice little wrap up issue. Wells is a really great writer. Um, probably most of the reason why I kind of stuck with this was I liked the writing and the art. I didn't really come away from this like caring too much about the team and like what all that kind of stuff. But like it was a fun little. I think I was still like. I would say I'm kind of sad to see this book go. I would have liked to see it continue, like just keep it going, like the Hellions program again under somebody else and Mm -hmm. really just like see it take other different routes, like as an outreach program, as a as a exploration team or something like just have these folks doing whatever. Um, So I'll be sad to not get that opportunity, because I think especially in the age of Krakoa, where you have all these characters who you are bringing back and saying this is the second chance, this is the time for them to do something new. This is the way to give them that you have a lot of former mutant, quote unquote, terrorists and villains who could fit the bill here. Mm-hmm. And even some yeah. who were in those positions and just want to prove that they weren't always trying to be bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that, like, maybe I'll save it for my relaunch because I had a relaunch for Jean Grey. Um, mm-hmm. And I know you had said something before about her taking over Hellions. Mm-hmm. And I think that would be a great place for her. Like, who better to think that they could heal some people than Miss Sanctimony herself? I think that'd be okay. great change all the minds she wants in there. <laughs> um, I would overall give this issue a like a 3.5. Uh, the okay. run itself, I would have given like a solid 4. It's a really great run of some fun uh, interactions that you get between the people. Personally, what kept me in it was uh, the story that they were telling and um, Sinister. I did like Sinister a lot in this. I, I didn't come away from like super... I didn't come away from this thinking like, oh yes, I'm finna become an empath stand, but <laughs> I used to love empath. Mm. He's still fine. He's nasty, but he's still fine. Yeah, he is. All right. And the final book of the week is Inferno number three. And that mm. was written by Jonathan Hickman with art by RB Silva. And um actually a few artists were on this. Um, I think Caselli did some stuff as well. Showed as Kitty. Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> and this is part three of the of Inferno, the final series from Jonathan Hickman as he's kind of making his departure from the X books. And I enjoyed this book a lot. Like it gave me everything that I was looking for is kind of like explaining a lot of stuff that goes on with Krakoa. Um, I do feel as though... Some of this, as well as probably what I'm seeing coming out of what's happening next, feels a little too little too late. But at the same time, like there were constant delays with books and we are in a panty still. So like I understand the delays and everything and things kind of shifting. Um, But I still enjoy this. We find out that uh, when when Xavier came and gave uh, Cypher doug ramsey this like he left him on krakoa and was like i give you this task of like basically like colonizing this place learn how krakoa works and i'm gonna leave you here how long is it gonna take and during that i had no idea that like he told him the truth like he told him 
the futures and all that kind of stuff. So this entire time, Doug knew. King. <laughs> and um, he ends up working with Warlock, and he's like, Warlock, should I trust Xavier? And he's like, no. <laughs> and when, um, Doug is like, I know. I know I shouldn't because, like, it's Xavier. The girls love but to hate on Xavier, but he's right most of the time, so not too much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we get, actually get to see kind of the inner workings of how Krakoa was kind of built and established, how uh, Warlock basically became, like, the nervous system for Krakoa, and, like, that's how we get the whole techno-organic things about Krakoa, which makes a lot more sense for me because i remember thinking like this is like plants <laughs> how do they like <laughs> how do they get the tech for all the portals and all this kind of stuff so now we know that it was because of the connection of warlock which also makes sense of why if you remember before we used to always wonder why i could like randomly i think cyclops in an issue would like look over and he would see warlock when he would look at Krakoa and then turn away and he wasn't there yeah. anymore <laughs> um I thought that that was like kind of a tie into that. Like it's because Warlock is also like entwined, intertwined with Krakoa. Um, so yeah, I, I thought the explanations there were pretty cool. Um, then we get to like more of the like current issues of what's going on in Inferno. And we know destiny has been um, <clears throat> brought back to life. Mm-hmm. Her and her wife Mystique are out here trying to, uh, basically find where they fit and shake the table a little bit. And um, so they were called to come and meet with Emma Frost because she wanted to come and have a little sit down talk. She goes and meets with, they go and meet with her. And um, I will say that I did audibly laugh when Emma explains to them that like, you know, this is everything that kind of happened with Xavier, they let me in on their secret that they've been like working with Moira this entire time. And Mystique was like, you know, so you found out you thought you were their confidant and friend, and once again you found out you were just the other woman. <laughs> aren't you sick of that? I know that I know that stung. <laughs> I, I know I know that aren't you tired of that had to hurt a little bit. But it's also <sighs> like why would Emma ever think that? Literally when they ever- when they brought her on, they were like, we need Sebastian. That, 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 that like, oh, tells yeah. you. They're not looking for you. I always kind of thought that she was, like, important. Up there with them. <laughs> yeah. Let me not. You know the girls don't like when I talk about their white queen. Child. I just, I thought it was funny that she kind of thought that she was, like, on the same status as Xavier and Magneto, and it was like, no, girl, you just are just another council member like the rest of them. Um, and she, of course, showed them what happens in the other timeline where uh, Destiny killed them. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, personally, mm-hmm. I have to say, if we're going to drag Beast for his war crimes and stuff, mm-hmm. and we're going to drag Jean Grey for meddling in people's minds... Okay. And we're also and we're also gonna drag Xavier for being Xavier. Mm-hmm. I think it's time that we <laughs> start throwing Xavier. Emma Frost in that conversation because you found out that you weren't a part of something, so you got your feelings hurt, and you released Mystique and Destiny into the wild, knowing what they were gonna do. That's messy. <laughs> 
You know, you know what they're gonna do. I'm sorry. She's got she's got to be put to the stake just like the rest of them. Telepaths are nasty people. Like I just said, the girls don't like when I talk about their white queen. So I'm not going to I'm just saying the telepaths are really nasty people. And um so <clears throat> she tells them that and basically just like lets them on the loose. I, I know your girl probably got hit with a straight with the telepaths are nasty because she's in there too. Um, she just <laughs> hasn't done anything too bad. <laughs> she hasn't done anything bad lately. <laughs> what? She hasn't done anything bad lately. <laughs> um, oh, no. <laughs> little miss, let's just kill them now. <laughs> okay. Uh, but anywho, we see that um, Moira actually gets taken by the... Um, they were like red aim, which I thought was kind of interesting to see them in. Like they were aim suits, but they were red. And they're basically getting t- taken by Orcus. And um, while she's over there getting taken, Xavier and Magneto are basically having this conversation of like, Magneto's starting to think is if we win. It seems as though his belief in all of Krakoa is like, I don't know if this is ever going to change because it's always going to be them trying to come and get us. And Xavier is like, no, I think we're going to do this fine and whatever. And then they find out that Moira's been kidnapped. So they run and go and try to save her. Um, while this is all happening back on, uh, I forget what they call it, the Orcus Forge um, mm-hmm. by the sun, um, uh, Omega Sentinel is basically telling Nimrod that she is like from the future. And in her future, the mutants always win. Whereas with Moira, she says they always lose. So you pretty much are questioning, like, which one do you really believe? Um, which side are you really on here? Um, the so always win. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> they always are going to win. And it's just like, it's not even because you just want the mutants to win. It's just when you start to think about Moira as a whole, it, like, kind of makes sense. How would she know that if she always dies mm-hmm. before the last thing comes? But then also... It brings in a question like, does she not die this time? Is that all it is? I, I think she, well, I think before she's tried to live as long as she possibly could. And even then at the end, it was like prosperous for mutants, but still like the machine ended up coming back or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess we, in this book, in in Omega Sentinel's future, when the machines do come back, like the mutants have harnessed like the Phoenix blade or like this Phoenix like mm-hmm. spear or something. And with that, they were able to defeat it. <laughs> She's not going anywhere. The fire chicken ain't going nowhere. Um, so yeah. I mean, did you see the emblem on it on the back of that Immortal X-Men tease on the middle yeah. chair? It was a Phoenix I, saw, chair. <laughs> I saw somebody tweet. I, gosh, I can't remember who did it, but it was like, uh, yes, Echo, Queen of the Mutants. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so, yeah, we see a lot of that, and um, Omega Sentinel's pretty much telling you about how, like, in the, her future, the mutants always win, and Nimrod is like, you know, uh, we could just go take them out now. So the Xavier and Magneto go and try to rescue Mora because of course she's been like chipped basically and they know where she is. Mm-hmm. And um, they go and rescue her. The arm that had her chip in it is sitting there <laughs> because Mystique had already taken it off and they sit and hold, De- by they I mean Destiny and Mystique, 
sitting hold Moira captive, and they're like, they're not coming to come rescue you, girl. So uh, we, need to, we need to have a whole sit down talk. Which again, I don't understand why they're even trying to attack her or kill her because they know that like she would restart the timeline. Yeah. Why do they want to kill her? And they'll probably want to find out why they wanted to kill her before, and if she's still mm. doing that. Um, but like that, creating that cure for mutants. Yeah, <laughs> like you're not still trying to do that, are you, sis? I don't know. This whole thing is kind of frustrating for me. I really did like the Karima reveal, and I'm glad that was situated because that was one of the things that I've kind of been most frustrated about. Like since hearing that Hickman was originally gonna leave, I was like, oh wait, no, I want to know like how Omega Sentinel got back to the space of like being against mutants and got her technology back because during that one X Men run, she lost all of that. Um, mm-hmm. And she was like on good terms, so like that was nice to see resolved. I do enjoy the stuff with Destiny. I think she's a really interesting character. I'm still be a little bit annoyed she's young, but like whatever, it's nothing I can do about that. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it also feels like this should have been maybe two books. Like it should have been another Hoxpox situation. I feel like we are trying to really push a lot of stuff and condense it down into just these four issues. And I don't really feel like a lot of it's either getting the proper time to breathe or it just like, and I'm pretty sure it's Hickman. So I'm pretty sure this last issue is going to be like exciting, spectacular, whatever, but it's just done like, damn, like we just got to finish it off like this. It's just like, here you yeah. go. Here's all the stuff. <laughs> I'm talking about. And it's right. Just like, oh, okay. Like Bishop wasn't even in this issue. He was not. No. I think he the point of the last it, one was just to like give give him a title and keep it moving. It's just like, and so if he doesn't pop up in the next issue, it was like, oh, okay, that was another thing that just felt like wasted. And then it's like, if he does show up in the last issue, it's like, okay, but then like, is this getting the story time it deserves to breathe? Because he's not I've even seen. on that Destiny of X teaser, so we know he's not doing anything else. Well, there were a lot of people missing from that Destiny of X uh, teaser. I'm trying to look too deep into that. But um, <clears throat> we did see that at the end of this, uh, the Nimrod and Karima and like a gang of Orcus all come through that portal where Magneto and Xavier were going to go look for Moira. And from the looks of it and from the last issue, or I think it may have been the first one. The first issue is when we see Magneto and Xavier, they're resurrected and Emma's the one. Emma is the one putting their minds back. Um so basically, we know for a fact that they're not going to be able to survive this Nimrod attack. Um, and I assume that the, the rest of these Orcus people are probably going to make a march on Krakoa. So I expect mm-hmm. Bishop to like be leading some kind of charge against like the forces of Nimrod or whatever. And Nimrod is my favorite villain. So like I've been having some great times with this. Um, he's been mm-hmm. getting some great <laughs> some great stuff. I'm excited to see all of the X-Men kind of fight him and like, you know, beat him and stuff. So. That's going to be really cool, I think, in the next and like that final issue. They better deliver, though. I really want like a, a nice fight. We'll see. I, yeah. I don't know. I'm not that optimistic. <laughs> what would you have rated this issue? A three out of five. Damn. All right. I gave it a four out of five. I thought it was pretty solid. I liked everything that was kind of going on. I I do feel like it's a little rushed. It's a little like I'm out the door <laughs> and I'm I'm just ready to move on. Um, but I liked it. I enjoyed the art was really great. I'm an RB Silva fan, so I liked the stuff in there 
same with Caselli and uh, everyone else that drew in this. Um, so, yeah, I gave it a four out of five. Okay. It's solid for me. It's All right, fun. y'all. Well, that is the last. <laughs> that's the last book of the week. Um, let's take a break and then we'll come right back. All right. We are people back. are going to be able to figure out what my shirt means. R-A-B-G-A-F-B-A-N. What is that? Another B? 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 H-F-S-F? Mm-hmm. I'm lost. It's the City Girls. Oh, real ass <laughs> bitch. Get oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Got you. Got you, got you. I see it, I see it. I'm hip. I know what the kids be listening to. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Oh, that's cute. Um, But hello, speaking of cute things, we are back for our panel of the week. And so we just kind of brought this up last week. Uh, We had a little bit of talk about Young Justice. And I was like, you know, let's just actually go ahead and do that this week. I just watched uh, the most recent episode. And we all know this current arc is about magic. But not even just talking about the arc. But just like the show as a whole, you are, again, someone who really loves animation. And, like, that's something that you put a lot into. And I think Young Mm -hmm. Justice has been doing a lot of really good things animation-wise this season. Even going back to that arc about Artemis, where they had the big fight with the uh, League of Shadows and, like, Cheshire and Lady Shiva and Taz. (laughs) It was like, and they, like, cut the lights out. And it was like, yeah, and it was just like, man, this show is doing a lot. And the creators, I don't know if people follow them, uh, Greg Wiseman and them have been on Twitter. And they've been talking about how all 26 episodes are completed. And in the bin, they're like, but, you know, keep binging, keep watching. If you want more, if you want season five, if you want to, like, see this show, you got to watch it. You got to talk about it. Let them know there's a demand. And I just like let's talk about it because there's a demand Mm -hmm. (laughs) in my opinion and you know don't get too mad at me y'all i know how y'all like to tussle but (laughs) okay but in my opinion young justice is easily like top two superhero animated tv shows um i think there have been a lot out there that you know have come and went and they've done some cool things with animation and with their stories or whatever, but I personally feel like the writing and the way that they do the, the character development is far superior than a lot of the other superhero animated TV shows that we've ever really gotten before. So in my opinion, Young Justice is still like elite. Yeah, I love it. I now, mean, I don't I, think I've I will ever... say this most recent season, like when it opened with Miss um, Martian, or I like to call her during that season, Miss oh. Martian Luther King. <laughs> Miss, but it was a space story. Miss, so. I mean, it wasn't the space part that was boring. Don't try it, girl. But it, was, <laughs> <laughs> but it truly was like, it was like. <laughs> um, I th- I think I get why. It was, I wasn't a fan of it. I understand why people might have resonated with it if they did. But whatever. I also don't think Miss Martian, Beast Boy, or Superboy were, like, interesting characters in the slightest. And I think anchoring them as trying to be that without the more interesting other people around. Like, you're going to bring in John? He's so monotone. He don't talk to nobody. You know? It's not. like, come on. Um, but and then the at the same time, I appreciated that, that, like, when have we ever really gotten into, like, the culture of Mars? Ever. I mean, I see why we didn't. 
<laughs> okay. But I get it. Um, no, I get, I can understand. Like, I know some people said they've been frustrated with it a little bit because they, I think a lot of the issues with the third season of Young Justice, from what I saw, was people wanted to see, like, the team together. And we never yeah. really saw the team together. I think this one also kind of follows suit. However, I think it's really great for people who are just fans of those individual characters because you get a lot more character work, you get a lot more character focus, and then hopefully by, like, if there is a season five, then you can finally truly get them all back together in the spot because I think that's what people want to see. I'm also a little like eh, about the length of the story arcs for this season, because mm-hmm. if we've got 26 episodes, how many have we had so far? Ten, I think. Nine or ten. And we still got to get through Calder, Rocket, Nightwing, and then are we also going to like get to Superboy and the Legion? Because I just think he was snatched up by the Legion. Oh, you don't got to think. That's definitely what happened. For, the, for, <laughs> for anyone who doesn't know, the Legion is started because of Superboy. Um, mm-hmm. in, the, in the comics, it was Clark's Superboy who, like, came to the future or whatever. And he was the reason, like, the, the, the Legion wanted to become the Legion. Like, they would look it up yeah. to Superboy or whatever. But then they had the whole, like, continuity stuff problems because DC, of course, wanted to mess up continuity. And they changed it to where... Clark was never Superboy, like he was just Clark, and then eventually became Superman. So then they had to like change their whole story and stuff. So, but anyway, I'm pretty sure they're sticking to the whole Superboy is a part mm-hmm. of the legend, and they're just using. Connor. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with that. That's pretty much <laughs> what I was thinking, which I'm excited for. I personally liked Connor's stand. I don't know if anyone ever read it, but in the comics, the Jeff Johns run of Teen Titans, he actually does go to the future and join the Legion, mm-hmm. and has that crossover hot. <laughs> It was good. The Titans of Tomorrow arc is like one of the best Titan stories I've ever read. It's like top five. It's up there with Judas Contract, to be perfectly honest. So you had Lorena. That era of the Legion. That era of the Legion was good. <laughs> that era of Titans was good, too. Man, Titans used to be a really good comic book. That's, I don't Man. know what happened to them. It lost its way. It's you know sad. what? Honestly, I, honestly, that actually is... I think the Titans books have not been good for the reasons that Young Justice have been great, and that's because time exists. In my opinion, Young Justice has had great storytelling because time exists. We see at the opening of every episode what day and month and year and everything is, and mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. people have to get older, people have to progress through time. While it's like the Titans, they really just don't want them to grow up or they don't want them to move beyond where they, they were, so they're just kind of stuck there. Yeah, I can feel that a little bit. Um, I also do really appreciate how Young Justice does time and lets things go past and then get older. I think it makes for a lot more interesting character moments, and I think you get to see other characters get brought in in new ways, as we saw a little bit with this current arc of Zaytana. You know, she's got her magic users in, so she's finally bringing in uh, Tracy 13 and Khalid, um, who's the fake boy, and Sergeant Marin. They're new. new. Did Did they just start? Because on this most recent episode, they would get washed. Like, well, they're they're they, fighting chaos lords. But it's four of y'all. <laughs> like, what's going Three on? Three of them don't even know what they're doing. One of the girls yeah, is like hiding something about herself. But they we did get some Etrigan moments, which was nice. Etrigan is fun. I've kind of realized that Etrigan is like my beta ray build of the DC universe. <laughs> okay. Okay, like, I can see it. He's just like he's just the guy. He's coming. He's gonna do what he needs to do. He's gonna fight. Um, I won't lie. I do get a little annoyed by the like rhyming sometimes, but 
you get what it's you get. Thing. It's his Sometimes thing. I think it's funny. <laughs> and occasionally, like, I think when it's done well, it can be really funny and really entertaining. So it was good mm-hmm. to see him this arc as well. Um, but that's another thing I really love about Young Justice is that it is not afraid to really, like, dig into the lore of the DC universe and, like, pull those characters yeah. in and do things with them. You see, we were just talking, again, with the previous arc, Cheshire, they used Onyx. And Onyx, okay. for those who don't know, is a, uh, she's a, like, a very low-tiered hero uh, that operated in Gotham. She was a former member of the League of Assassins. She came over there. She was, like, the only other person other than Catwoman that Batman would allow to be a vigilante outside of, like, his Bat crew in Gotham. And she was, like, really cool, but it's, like, you never see her, and it's, like, you never think you would see her in this type of series, and then not only see her, but see her get a lot of agency and a story arc, and, like, really build on it and show that, hey, we might even see her again. Yeah, and I really do appreciate that, like, they used her or whatever. I like that they are willing to dig into the DC universe and and pull out some characters and stuff, because we talked about Onyx on this show before um, when we reread... Um, I'm blanking on the name. Yes, under the Red Hood. And she was dope in that, but I never thought that, like, I'd be seeing her in animation. And I thought that it was um, Gabrielle Union doing her voice, but it's Logan Browning. Oh, I like Logan Browning. Yeah, I thought it was, she's doing a really great job. I think she's great uh, there. So, more A lot of the voice actors have been doing really good this year. So, you know what I will say, I realized about. The only thing that like kind of annoys me, and this isn't Young Justice centric, but it's Vandal Savage. Like DC <laughs> animation, mm-hmm. Randall, Vandal Savage has a chokehold on him. He's in everything. All he's the been time. in every movie. Yeah. Every <laughs> yeah. Like oh my gosh, and like Young Justice really just took it home because they just basically made him the reason for everything. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert, we're probably going to get rid of spoilers for people who have not watched Young Justice yeah. yet. But, like, in this most recent episode, it was shown that, like, Vandal pretty much kind of started it all, kind of. He was the one who kind of kicked off. Kind <laughs> Yeah. He did it. Much. <laughs> yeah. He started Atlantis and, like, kicked off the, uh, the homo sick. magi and the meta humans and all that kind of stuff. It's sick. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's, I think it's because of one of those things where, like, a lot of times writers will say, like, oh, well, the immortal character has to have been there, right? Mm-hmm. I remember for a while, like, the X-Books, like, Apocalypse was the one that was, like, he had to have been involved because he was always there, right? Where are you at? Eternals. Mm-hmm. I Eternals, yeah. <laughs> but it's still just kind of like, damn, he's annoying. But I will say... The Atlantean lore that we got in this most recent episode. I, really, I ain't even gonna lie. It was hot. <laughs> Man, I was, was living. Hot. And and everybody knows, like, Zatanna is my girl. Like, that, if there's a chick at DC that can match Betsy for me, it's her. Um, mm. And I'm loving this arc. But all that did was, like, oh, I'm ready to get the Calder. Oh, yeah. His arc is gonna be hot. Yeah. And I was, like, I'm ready to see it all. And I was, like, and I hope we get more of this Atlanta stuff and keep it coming. <sighs> Because I need it. Yeah, Young Justice has been really on fire, especially with the... I think maybe breaking things down into these character arcs just allow them to be... Like, give more history and more character development mm-hmm. and, like, let these things kind of flourish. Um, whether you like the history that they create or not, at least they're able to kind of give you that, you know? Instead of just kind of moving on and saying, I don't know, filling it in your head. <laughs> it's yeah. whatever you want it to be. 
what have you what would you say has been your favorite season of Young Justice so far? Ooh, that's a solid question. I will say that like this fourth season has been like really stepping it up for me. But like mm-hmm. the first I wanna say maybe the first two seasons are kind of tied for me. Maybe season two. Okay. Season two, I got some static. <laughs> that is true. You did get some static. Did he hasn't been back, has he? He has not. He's appeared in like some of those pictures that they've been having uh, Beast Boy show, which like I don't know if it's just this show that's making turning me off from Beast Boy. Oh no, no. I hate Beast Boy. Oh my he's god, been he's annoying. So- and it's like kind of, and like I get it, like he's sad, he's depressed, and all that stuff. But it's also yeah. like kind of frustrating that he is the connective tissue for all of these stories. Yeah, and I, I like you said, I get the, I get the, like the depression story that they're kind of trying to show with him. And I actually really do appreciate all of the mental health stuff that they've been talking about. I'm a really big advocate for that in real really? life. So I appreciate that, like in this, that they're at least mentioning it. And um, even when. You know, we saw in the Miss Martian arc where he had kind of like gotten blame blasted and he was like going through all this stuff and they had his mind healed. Miss Martian even told him that like, you may have been healed from the damage, but you still are going to have trauma and everything behind this. You will yeah. need to go and get help and talk to someone about this. So I really do appreciate mm-hmm. the the stance that they've been taking on mental health and taking it seriously. Mm. Yeah, but he can go. <clears throat> yeah, I was like, I don't know. Beast Boy. It's just, and I, and I, think all, it's, I don't think he's always been like this, though. N- no, he has. He's always kind of been just like the annoying little brother, makes too many jokes. He's funny, but he's supposed to have like the heart of gold and things like that. Like, that's always been his thing. Um, yeah, but he hasn't been funny in a while, <laughs> you know? But that's the thing. He never really was. I don't know. In the in, the, in that Wolfman Perez era, there are a couple times I used to coach, kind of chuckle. From Beast Boy? He would crack he would crack a joke and I would laugh. It would be it would be funny. He had a little sassy mouth. But like I mean I I will say he was definitely sassy. I'll give him mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was nice when they used to like kind of check him. <laughs> That's what was funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is nice. Um what have been your favorite seasons of the show so far? Um, I honestly think it would be the second season. Um <clears throat> it I think it was just very well told. I think a lot of the story stuff they did was good. I, again, I really enjoyed like seeing that team together, and mm-hmm. that was cool. I do wish we would have gotten a little bit more Rocket, though. I still feel like she's kind of the... And it's interesting, because I feel like a lot of people look at her as like a main member. One of the She's in the credits for this season. Yes. You know what I'm yes. saying? So it's like, she is the core cast, but she still never really felt like a part of the team. If that makes sense. It always kind of feels like there's this, like, undertones or, like, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, like a, like a, some kind of mandate that, like, is an understood mandate that the mm-hmm. the milestone characters are, like, a part off of the limits. DC like, yeah, like, you can't but really like, do too much with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, feel so, like I don't know, because yeah. the same thing can be said about Static. Like, while he got some really cool moments in season two... It wasn't like he was like the in main the outsider or whatever. Yeah, and he he got a little bit more in season three, but season three, in my opinion, was they had just been renewed after being like canceled for years, and um, <clears throat> they were moved from Cartoon Network to HBO Max, and it was only streaming on HBO Max, and you couldn't really stream it any place else um, outside of that, and. Um, 
I don't know. Like it was, for me, season three felt like they were like, we're kind of getting our like footing again before we can kind of really dive back into this stuff. Season they three did take it a little weird. bit. They, I did think that like, while I like that they are able to use the HBO stamp that they have, which means it's a lot more gory and it's a lot more violent as far as like the fights and everything. Season yeah. three, since it was their first season on HBO Max, was the season where they were like, oh, we're going to definitely like use that because they had Halo dying every five minutes and like yeah. in the most gruesome ways. And it was obvious that it was like, OK, she can be revived and we get to finally do this stuff. So let's just do it. Mm, okay, that's a fair assessment. I think my big thing with three was like, now that you mentioned that the Halo's death was very excessive a lot of the time, um, I felt like, again, that cast not really being together and not having that dynamic that so many people had enjoyed and come to love about the show was missing. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of the newer characters that they introduced honestly weren't that likable, which would have been fine, but you had no one to really bounce them off of because mm-hmm. everybody was gone. You know what I'm saying? Um, Breon was very annoying. I remember yes. not enjoying him at all. Yeah, his anger. <laughs> but I mean, like, that was his story, so whatever. But it's like, yeah, and I get it. But it was also still like, uh, you gotta go. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But I did enjoy a lot of things about season three. I still think a lot about that fight with, uh, like, Katana and Shiva and Metamorpho. And um, what is that man's name? Deathstroke. Mm-hmm. That they had in Santa Prisca. And I, again, I still like how they introduced a lot of people and concepts that you wouldn't normally see. So mm-hmm. even yeah. when they, I liked, I even liked when they were in, um, where are they, where are Tara and where are they from? Markovia. Markovia. Yeah. When they were there and they were trying to prevent Brian from killing and Tara was going to do something. And uh, Tigress was like, you don't have to do this. You don't have to listen to Deathstroke. And everybody shook like, whoa, you knew? And she was like, yeah, girl, I know. Like, <laughs> <Come on>. um, <laughs> <laughs> I thought that that reveal was pretty cool. So there were definitely That's some dope moments. One thing I will say about Artemis in this show, um, she's never really been like my fave girl, but she serves her purpose very well. She's got a great story. Like, she's had a pretty solid, like, story arc that's going through all of this. Even her dealing with her grief um, and after losing Kid Flash and her being, like, a mentor to kids and stuff. And now she's a college professor. She's doing good. Again, she was serving with the Assassin Girls. She was doing I'm telling you, I I had to run that back. Honestly, I'm going to be real with you. Did you really feel like she could hang with them? With uh, Orphan and Cheshire and, and the rest of them? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, okay. now, is she, would I place her above the people she was working with? No. <laughs> Cheshire. <laughs> no. But you know, when it's a team of them out there, yeah. Honestly, if it's, if, if it's Cheshire, Onyx, and the rest of them out there, I would probably want Tigress to lead them. Because, like, the rest of them can't do it. That's true. They got to actually get to work. Yeah. Somebody yeah. got to lead them. Tell them what to do. That's fair. That's fair. I'll give her that. Hey, you know, I think, but overall, I think, like, Young Justice, again, like, we're able to have these kind of conversations about them because they have been written so well. I don't think yeah. that, like, 
too many other superhero shows have really had kind of character development outside mm-hmm. of like you know their powers or like some interpersonal things that they may have with a relationship or something but you really get a lot done, of, like it's always done in a very poignant <laughs> way even again i think back to this season um after superboy died that one scene that they had with superman telling john about grief and death and trying to explain that whole thing to him i was like whoa like, okay <laughs> like damn we hitting it like that this morning i was like okay yeah. this is kind of heavy and then also i want to say like kudos to the writers for that because that not only was it a great speech and a great moment for them but it felt like a real superman type of moment like that's I superman I, that, I was like i was watching that i was like oh i wouldn't mind like a spinoff about clark from this team doing mm-hmm. that and like showing that because even afterwards when they went back and they had lois and she was trying to uh comfort clark and he like starts crying with her i was like this is good superman content yes i honestly feel as though the writers um and creators of this show shout out to greg weissman and brandon vietti i think that they really do have a, a pretty solid understanding of these characters um mm-hmm. and they're fans of this they're fans of the shows i mean uh weissman is like he's behind a lot of solid and fan favorite shows the gargoyles yeah. uh spectacular spider-man a bunch of other animated shows yeah, so like gargoyles. i think he really puts a lot of care into the the yeah. characters that he's writing i agree what else are you kind of hoping for from the season um obviously i'm looking forward to the rocket arc because she is like a uh, top three for me at dc um and i hope that we actually i hope she does get an arc you know i hope that i hope that they don't like play up that she's like now a main member of this team even though they mm-hmm. her and Zatanna were actually elevated to Justice League status yeah. um, but Zatanna but, still come back around a lot more exactly and if you look at the intro credits um, Rocket's like number on it it changes from like 26 to like B9 so like I don't know if that means that like she's now a part of like the Young Justice team and not just with uh, the Justice League anymore. Mm. So it'd be interesting to see what happens there, if they're going to explain anything. I hope they go full science girl with her. Um, so that would be nice to see. And Raquel is my kind of girl because she's just like around the way. I wonder if they will. Did she have a kid already? Yeah, she did. Because they had the party. Yeah. I, I think I find it interesting that they kind of avoided who her baby daddy is. Or was she married? Did she get married? Um, yes. Didn't we have a bridal shower for her? Yeah, that was her bridal shower. Okay, well, they changed that because <laughs> <laughs> in the comics, she was a teen mom. Because um, mm-hmm. in the milestone comics of Icon, um, mm-hmm. she was, you know, a regular teenage girl. And there was a boy that she liked who was kind of like a roughneck. And he was the one who kind of convinced her to break into Icon's house. And, like, that's, mm-hmm. she met Icon or whatever. And then after she, like, left that stuff, she ended up still messing around with him, even though he was, like, a hoodlum. She got pregnant. <laughs> okay. And, was and like, she, she was basically, like, a, a teen mom. But she would, like, be a mom and be a superhero. And mm. um, it's interesting in, in this. They kind of cleansed that part and was, like, you know... She got married she's, already. She's a, good, she's a good Southern woman. Um, right, right. 
But uh, so that's interesting. We'll see. I, I mean, I, again, I would like to see a little bit more Rockley. She's always felt a little far removed, but mm-hmm. again, she's in the credits. I feel like they kind of acknowledge her. They know that she's there. They want to see that. I would rather she get a, at least a good three full episodes to explore all yeah. her. And like yeah. see her son, maybe actually meet the husband, do all that stuff. Maybe they got a divorce. Maybe it's, she's a divorced mom instead of like, you know, a single mom or something. Um, and you know me. I love a force field, so I need more of that. <laughs> yeah, she's cool. it, it may, they could even maybe bring in Bumblebee, because she's supposed to be the other mother. I know oh, she yeah. was like also at the baby shower. They hung out. They're both science girls. That could be fun. And mm-hmm. I know Bumblebee is a character that, like, DC, I felt like they were trying to give her, like, that push to be, like, their premier yeah. black girl. Um, but I just don't feel like they also really know what to do with her. No, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's because Bumblebee... The character herself, like, she doesn't always, she's more science than superhero. There wasn't really a balance with her. She's like, I put the suit on because, like, whatever. But, like. And then she gets small. hmm I mean, I guess Adam does, too. But he yeah. also doesn't really click that much, does he? I mean, the girls like him. Her powers are fine, and they work for her character. I think it's just, like, she isn't, like, an action kind of girl. Like, she would rather go be in a lab, so. There's not really much you could do about it. You know, nobody wants to watch somebody in the lab all day. I don't know. I feel like she likes to come out. That's why she's got Sometimes. her little blaster. She actually, I think, um, I do think that when we read the um, other history of her mm-hmm. and Malcolm, she talked about how, like, I don't really like this, but kind of I kind of do oh. like it. You know, mm-hmm. she's like, I don't really like to do this, but I kind of do. I don't know. Maybe I just like Bumblebee. I mm-hmm. don't know. <laughs> you want her to be great. You want her to be great. And I understand that. I think she could be great. But they would have to oh. link her into something for her. Mm, they got Nubia now. They're not going to think about it. <laughs> That's true. You know, for some reason, they think we only have one. Okay. Look at Storm. <laughs> true tea. Um, but yeah, I think I feel like Young Justice, like, overall, like, the this, this series itself is just... Fantastic. Mm-hmm. I, I know I probably sound like a broken record continuously saying, like, it's just so great. But truly it is. I think, like, I would love for a, like, Marvel series like this where it's an, an ongoing kind of story. It's a, we know where we're going. Um, mm-hmm. And the only reason we haven't gotten to the next part yet is because we didn't have the money. <laughs> and the show got canceled or something. Yeah. Whereas, like, I feel like some other shows are just, here are the characters you know, but we don't really have too much of a, like, a a long-form story that we're going to be telling with this. Yeah. I can agree with that. I mean, this can is also... Do you, do you appreciate that this is in another universe? They explicitly talk about this being Earth-16. Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. But even if it wasn't, like, I wouldn't mind. I take a lot of cartoons <laughs> and shows, like, as adaptations, so I don't mind when they change things. I think about X-Men Evolution. Like, I love that. And they were all teenagers in that. You know, I've been rewatching that recently, and I have been wondering if that's what they would if I would be okay if that's what they did with the MCU versions of them where they just adapted these characters and their personalities but put them in different like ages scenarios yeah or not even just them being younger just like kind of change some things around because you know I still personally feel like of all of the non 616 versions of Jean Grey Mm -hmm. Evolution is the best version of her like T that's Jean to the T, <laughs> um, you know, and the one episode where they were going on some like they had to climb that mountain or whatever and everybody mm-hmm. worked together. That and was afterwards, really she episode. was 
Yeah, and afterwards, Gene was like, yes, I'm so happy that we all work together, but let's not forget, we have to do blah, blah, blah. And it's like, girl, shut up. Everybody <laughs> walked away was like, girl, started throwing stuff at her. <laughs> <laughs> and that's Gene. That's yeah. you know, totally. I appreciate when they actually show, even when you do change some aspects about a character, that they'll still keep the core concepts. Mm-hmm. Of- yeah, I agree. I think it's great. I, would, I wouldn't be opposed to it if they did it. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I wouldn't be opposed to it if Young Justice said, oh, this is actually the real DC universe and this is just how it is. It's cartoon. Yeah. Let it be different. It's all right. I, I do wish that they, maybe it's because it probably would make the episodes longer, but I do wish that some of the still shots that we get were animated. There were a lot of times where like, uh, they'll just show like a still shot of like an action scene or like something like that, uh, just like a flash of like, you can, you can kind of imagine what's happening from there like uh, i know during the artemis arc during this most recent season when they were kind of showing the difference of how she was tigress and like doing great things but then um after connor died she was like kind of on a left on a rocker like things weren't stable for her but most of those kind of felt like just like these stills i wish that we got to actually animate a lot of that stuff Mm. but that could be a bunch of I was about to say, hopefully, you know, keep binging, keep watching, keep tweeting. Mm-hmm. Um, Young Justice is here. Let us know what you guys think about the show, who your favorite characters are, what arcs you're enjoying. If you are a Miss Martian fan, I'm sorry. I was just <laughs> being funny. Because um, she's been down bad. Her, her little moment with her sister this episode was, like, nice, though. I like so, her sister. The sister's cool. You would, like actually. That makes sense. <laughs> She seems like my kind of girl. (laughs) But let's go ahead. Let's take a little break and then we'll come back and we'll talk about another show that's causing waves. Hawkeye. Let's do it. Welcome back, you guys. All right. <laughs> we are here for another watch of Hawkeye. We've had episodes three and four on the docket now. And um, let's go ahead and discuss those things. Yes. Yeah, so episode three opens with um, young Maya, who um, was actually played by Alako Cox's cousin. Because, like, when I was looking at the little girl, oh, I was like, she looks a really? lot like a lot like her. Yeah. Man, that was her younger cousin. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. That's cute, right? And her little, her younger cousin isn't uh, deaf or hard of hearing, but she learned sign language uh, for the show. Oh wow! Oh, that's really nice. Um, oh, episode three was like so amazing because obviously it was Echo and like getting in that aspect. Um, and I think this was just like a really good origin story. For, like, I remember when the episode started. I was like, okay, I was laying down in bed, like, it was dark, I had the lights out everything, I'm like, get my little movie vibe going on, and then, like, and then, like, we see her in class, and, like, you know, she's having trouble hearing stuff, and I'm like, oh, this is about Echo. And so I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) I, like, Woke it up for you. (laughs) I'm like, oh, hold on. And so, like, you know, we get, like, that first 10 minutes of just kind of, like, her little origin, her growth, and, like, meeting her dad, and um, all that stuff, and then we see, get to the parts of Ronan and killing a uh, family, and, like, her having to deal with that. And I was like, oh, this is an Echo episode. I was like, let me get to the edge. And, like, I was just, like, tuning in, but all of that was so good and so well done, and I was really enjoying that 
aspect of her story and i was like i love that we got that the part where after you know she ran to the dead and he was dead already and we get the bloody handprint on her head her face yeah i was like that's yeah, everything that's iconic yeah. um alako cox has been really amazing as echo in my opinion especially because this is her first time acting ever in anything ever so <laughs> So I think that's really dope for her. I also like that like she is um like missing her leg. And I like that they kind of like included that in the in Echo story here and like they have that and they didn't try to like, I don't know, change it or something. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um Well, I have a question. Mm-hmm. You think that's well, you think that was Kingpin who is her oh, uncle? Oh yeah. Who touched her fit? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. hundred <laughs> percent. Like, nah, no question, that's definitely Kingpin. Yeah, for sure. For sure, for sure, for sure. Um, I think one thing that's going to be interesting for me is to see how long it takes for Echo to realize that Clint is Ronan. Because mm-hmm. there were a couple of times, like, when they were fighting throughout the episode that, like, when he jumped through that one window, I thought she was going to recognize that from when he jumped through the, when he did the flip out the window from when he originally killed the uncle and them. And so I was like, oh my God, it clicked for her. Um, but obviously it didn't. But it's like, I wonder how many times they're going to go in battle before she sees something that kind of reminds her and it gets, and then how she's going to react after that. I mean, she already hates him. So that's fine. Right. But right. to see that extra animosity come out would be nice. I also assume that Hawkeye's going to get killed because like, he didn't kill too many people. So <laughs> he might be time for him um, to die. Like before Christmas? No, they'll probably let him see his kids and then he's gonna die. Let him think he's gonna be happy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, um, I can understand. Take it away. That. I can see that. Um, I'm really still enjoying <laughs> Haley Steinfeld as Kate Bishop. You know, it's actually really interesting. Someone that I know said that they don't like her. Right. Like, just Haley Steinfeld or Haley Steinfeld as Kate Bishop? Haley Steinfeld as Kate Bishop. She looked like Kate Bishop to me. Like, <laughs> I mean... Like, doing everything that Kate Bishop does, like, I don't understand, but he was... And I was saying, you... I was... Because he said he didn't actually like the show. And I was like, oh. you don't like the show, but I was like, it's literally the Matt Fraction Hawkeye running. He's like, they're not telling it right. And I was just like, What? What are you what? talking it's about? It's literally like straight from the page. Like, like that. In, okay, so like later on in this first, in the third episode, we get to that whole car chase. And like mm-hmm. that car chase was, was literally like vert, like that was shot straight from the comic. <laughs> loved it. Loved it. Such a good scene. But he was like, no, he was like, he doesn't like the way Kay is. He was like, she finds her annoying. I think he's like, it's... Um, man, he's probably gonna hear this, but it's a little misogynistic if you ask me. Sounds like it sounds like it's me. Sounds like the girl is confident. He's like, she's not as good as she thinks she is. I was like, well, that's the point of the story. Like, she's coming into Mm -hmm. her own. She's gonna replace her. This is her show. Don't play with that. A little misogynistic. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like you might hate the girl, but that's fine. I was like, you don't even like Hawkeye. (laughs) Right. So why did you come into the show? You knew you weren't gonna like it. But okay. I thought I thought that the episode was fantastic. Like I said, that car chase was like sh- even the Challenger. All of that was straight out of the comic uh, that we just reviewed uh, recently. So go back and listen to that, y'all. But um, during that car chase, I did say that they they switched the positions from the comic to the MCU because it was um, Hawkeye, Clint, who was like shooting all the arrows and all that kind of stuff in the comic. But in the show, we see it's Kate Hawkeye. Because and it's Kate's personally, show. 
I liked it with Kate, honestly. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, her shoot, her shooting those arrows was was hot. It was good. It was good. I loved that moment. Um, that was a really good episode. This is a good. Show. Yeah, the pin particle arrow. All those arrows were really cool. I thought all the action scenes were great. The CGI on the um, on the one uh, silly putty trick arrow was a little, mm. <laughs> a little. Yeah. It was a little wonky, but like whatever. I thought that like overall that whole scene was really cool and um yeah it's really dope i like i like that episode a lot we really got more of echo and like her her background and we got to see like how the differences between clint being hard of hearing versus her being actually deaf when she came up to him and was like you know oh you know she kind of gave him the benefit of the doubt like uh-huh. <laughs> you know it's like oh it's like oh i see you with your with, with your uh, hearing aid and you must be you know a part of my people. And, and he was like, oh, no, nah, I don't do right. all that. And she was like, <laughs> yeah. He probably won't go that in. But, like, I thought that whole action scene was really cool. When uh, Kate, like, swung around that pole and kicked that dude, that was hot. Um, yeah, that was good, Also, too. I noticed that they've been very, very, like, subtle at the way that, like, Echo is able to copy people's moves and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm so used to CGI and cool like effects or whatever that I was expecting. I don't know, her eyes to glow or something or something oh. to like show that she's copying someone, you know. Where yeah. in reality she's just watching because she's I thought it was watching. cool that um, Hawkeye Clint um, picked up his bow and arrow and she mm-hmm. was running after him and picked him up too. And she kind of like learned how to shoot it from watching him. So I yeah. thought that was pretty cool. And I think that was something that they really alluded to and that they kind of embedded into her character when they were doing her backstory and they were talking about it. And the guy was, she she was talking about how they couldn't afford the teacher anymore for her or to send mm-hmm. her to the school for signing. He was like, so you got to just watch. And then they show her in those uh, martial arts classes and she's just watching. And it's like, yeah, she's the, that's the skill I like that they've done suddenly. Now, I know you are the echo stand here. How are you mm-hmm. feeling about this portrayal for her? Do you make, does this make you more excited for her solo? Oh movie? yeah, 100%. I mean TV show. I love it. I love it. Like I think mm-hmm. everything about it is great. Like you said, it's amazing that she's never acted before and she's putting on this type of role already. It's like really well done. I enjoyed it a lot. Mm-hmm. And I will give I will definitely give Marvel casting their credit for going excuse me, going out and finding a deaf Native American yeah. female character to come and play this. I think that's yeah. fantastic. Um, so yeah, I thought episode three was great. What would you rate that episode? Like out of five, definitely a four. Yeah, a strong Me too. four. Yeah, yeah. Um, but heading into episode four, I might give that one a, a stronger four because I actually really liked episode four a lot. Um, episode four was also hot. It gave me what I needed. <laughs> So episode three ends with uh, Clint and Kate going back to her mom's house because they're going to go and look up some extra information on Jack as well as like all the other um, uh, the tracksuit mafia and just try to get some more information and they get stopped by swordsman and or Jack is how he's going back. He's not swordsman yet. Um, now on episode four starts and he's like, oh, it's Hawkeye. You're an Avenger. I will say that I hoped I was hoping that they still had their relationship from the comics where like they both grew up in the carnival and like swordsman is the one who kind of trained 
uh, Hawkeye for a bit, like when they were in the carnival together. I thought that there was going to be some kind of, oh, hey, you know, remember me from back in the day. But no, they're yeah. brand new. They don't even know each other. So I did kind of wish they had that carny interaction. Um, but then her mom comes out. And nice. uh, yeah, her mom comes out and something. She's something evil. About that. She's evil. <laughs> I'm sorry. She's definitely evil, but I'm into it. Yeah, I feel like something is going on with her because she seems, A, too shifty with stuff. She also made a phone call after uh, Clint left and was like, you know, mm-hmm. I need you to like, do some, some work for me. I'm mm-hmm. starting to think that she killed Armand. Oh, yeah, I can see that totally. And I think everything, just even about how she kind of interacted with Clint, like when she walked into the door after this uh, sit down with Kate and they told her what happened. And she's just like, you know, obviously she's scared for Kate and like her safety and she doesn't want anything bad to happen to her. But it also very much gives like, no, keep my door out of this mess because she will die and then I will have to kill you. That's the tea, (laughs) because I honestly believe her that if she gets hurt, then. She's probably going to have to... Do you think she's Madame Mask, or do you think she's just a regular villain? I hope she's Madame Mask. I, I like Madame Mask. I think I like Madame Mask, and I think that would be a really interesting play on the rivalry that Kate and Madame Mask have in the comics. It would be great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is definitely a good way to kind of bring that rivalry in by, like, just making her the mom, and, and so that, that way they have, like, that whole longevity it's, it's thing of... It's real tension. It's real dramatic mm-hmm. tension. This show is good! Sorry. It's great. I've I've been enjoying Hawkeye. The LARPers um, are fantastic also. I think the one is kind of cute. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, can, I don't know his name. The, I can't remember his name. But he was the one that helped Hawkeye in the first... Uh, was the first or second episode when the LARPers the were around? One. Yeah, the black one. The black cute. guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, they were like really fun. Like when Kate went to go um, meet them for Clint and they were like in the park training and they were just like so into it. I was like, these are my kind of people. I really wanted like. Right? They were cool. This is like a well-known, like it's not so secret for me, but I really want to go LARPing one day. Like it is my dream. I believe it. <laughs> to go LARPing and just like have a good time out there on that field with those people and like do some battle. That and yeah, I want to do some battles. <laughs> Those are like my two. Of course things. you do. Do you, okay, well will you tell us um what type of character you want to be in these in this Renaissance LARP? I don't I don't know. Or you got to think I, about it. I think I got to think about it, but I think that's also why I haven't gone yet because it's like I feel like also the people who go they're like very heavy into it. They know what they're doing. Their costumes look good. What am I going to show up in? Yeah, you can I gotta, show up like, looking a mess cuz can't show up looking a mess for my first time. I got to, like, get embedded into the culture a little more. But I never know anyone who's in it. And then when I try and ask my friends, like, you want to go LARPing? They're like, why would I want to go LARPing? I'm like, why wouldn't you? It's the ultimate, it's like, freedom. It's fun. Not <laughs> fun. <sighs> it's fun. But what happened? That's my thing. So uh, we see that um, Clint's hearing aid was destroyed in the last in episode three. And we see that he goes and gets it fixed by this woman. And... Um, Later on, he's like trying to have this conversation with his wife. Um, I forget her name, actually. And the reason I forget her name is because I'm starting to think that she's someone else. So he's having this conversation with her and she's, he, tech, Laura, that was his name, her name. Yeah. Um, he sent her a text and was like, you know, I need you to do some background stuff on Sloan LTD because they found out that that was like some company associated with Jack. Uh, we learned that this company is like a shell company that is paying and laundering money for the uh, tracksuit mafia and Jack is the CEO of it. Now mm-hmm. he's having this conversation with Laura 
And at another point, like, she speaks German and, like, she's, like, give, providing him intel. Is she mocking Bert? So I think that's, like, what they were trying to give, but I don't, I'm not a fan of that. Yeah. Mostly because I would hate for them to just, like, fridge her, <laughs> you know? Mockingbird's yeah. a dope character. I would have liked to have seen her, like, out there doing something. But again, that could just be me pulling at straws because I know Hawkeye and, Mo- and Mockingbird have a re- had a relationship yeah. in the comics. So I feel I don't like know that's something they were trying to, like, allude to. I think they might be trying to allude to, like, maybe she is or might have been a spy at some point. Or even that, like, I don't know, she's just been with Clint for so long and she's down for the call, so she knows how to do this stuff and she just does whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But I would not enjoy, like, a back retcon of her being Mockingbird. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. You don't need that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I, again, I still think Haley is fantastic. I think, um, shout out to the Marvel wig budget because hers are really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, the ponytail mm-hmm. one. Is real nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, with, with the two little strands in the front, it's hot. Um, <laughs> I do know that they have been looking for this watch, which has been, was at the Avengers compound. And um, Laura was like, you know, you got to get this watch. We found out that it's mm-hmm. been moved okay. into this apartment. Now, so they were already getting the watch and they were getting their trick arrows back as well. I mm-hmm. did some digging and okay. Avengers 268, Mm-hmm. And which is the number on the watch that it was like stored with mm-hmm. is a Kang store. Oh. Which kind of makes sense that it's a watch and time, mm-hmm. you know, that stuff. So it makes me wonder if so, like. So who do you, th- I was about to say, who do you think the character is tied to? Because I was a, the watch scene, I was like, I don't know who they're talking about. Who's this watch supposed to belong to? Or who's it supposed to reveal the identity of? Um, but knowing that that's a Kang issue. Maybe I should go and read it and see what happens. Yeah, it's a it's a Kang story where there's this man that's going around and Cap is convinced that Kang is involved and he's trying to convince everybody else about it. Um, but yeah, I thought that like, oh, maybe this means Kang might come into this somehow. I don't know how, but it could also just be an Easter egg. You know, they like doing those. They do. WandaVision. Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but um, I think when we get to like the best part of the episode, and yeah, it's when they get to the apartment. <laughs> uh, when they get to that apartment, and you uh-huh. know, and they learn that it's uh, it's Echo's apartment, and um, you know, they try to break in, and uh, Clint is like, "Get out of there! That that light is not for an alarm. It's a silent alarm for people who are deaf or hard of hearing. It's Echo's mm-hmm. apartment." And then. I'm sorry, like I thought, Miss Bishop, I don't know, you can't take Kate. I mean, you can't take uh, Echo, because... Maya did what she needed to do. (laughs) She did. Um, And so they had had that whole little fight scene in there. Maya threw a knife at her face, and she had to break out and run. I did think that the swing across was Mm -hmm. was cute. I thought that was funny that she didn't swing all the way. (laughs) Yeah, that was kind of (laughs) cute. And the thing I loved about that fight, you know... Uh, Kate's fighting Maya and she's like you know she's here and Hawk Clint's like no I'm fighting Maya and she's like no you're not so he's like who am I fighting and we get little Miss Thing the doll <laughs> and yep. she starts using her little stingers and immediately Clint is like oh no nah, it's real oh no <laughs> I know what this is about and then we take that little mask off and she does that turn that blonde hair and that ponytail come through ah she came through. 
What a One moment. thing about Yelena is she's gonna steal the scene. <laughs> steal the scene, and then we get that just like whole four way fight between all of them, and just like going. That was like some amazing choreography that was done for that yes. whole battle there. And I think I love that it showed not only the difference in all their fighting styles, but like what they can do and what they're really capable of. Like Kate is clearly in over her head because Ooh, yes, <laughs> <laughs> the girls are fighting <laughs> and she's getting and stuck. She's like right, oh. she's getting stuck on the line. It's like come on now. Um, but I do love that, you know, Clint kind of tries to get her away, but she still comes back. And she actually kind of saves the day with him because she starts shooting Echo with some uh, arrows. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, when, Echo kinda, when Echo ate that first arrow, I was like, oh, she means business. <laughs> she scared. took that first arrow and was like, whatever, and kept it moving. Oh, her show's going to be good. good. Yeah, oh. I expect no fight choreography. It's going to be real hot. Um, but they had that really cool fight scene on that roof, and uh, Kate lets off that sonic arrow, which I thought was really cool. They've been doing really cool stuff with the trick arrows, I will say. They're, yeah. they're cool. Um, and uh, Maya leaves the fight. It seemed as if, in my opinion, that she left because, like, <laughs> Yelena was beating everybody up because Maya was trying to beat up Clint. Like, she didn't really care about anybody else. She was only there to beat up Clint. But Yelena was down to kill Clint as well, but Maya was getting in the way. <laughs> so, like, she definitely punched her a few times, too, which um, showed that, like, I think out of all of them, if they were having a one-on-one fight, I think Yelena would come probably come out on top. Oh, easy. <laughs> easy. But I, I do think it's going to be cool because uh, Yelena has some really dope moves. She's really agile and quick, and she, like, can flip a lot, and she kind of uses her momentum to swing people around. Mm-hmm. It'll be cool to see if Maya ends up like, like if Taking she picked up that. and get that. Yeah. Yeah, their next showdown is going to be hot. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought that that was pretty cool. Um, So, like, I don't know. I thought this season so far for me has been fantastic. In my opinion, Hawkeye is really, like, one of the top two DC, not DC, Disney Plus, like, shows. <laughs> Jeff um, Devin, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, better than DC. <laughs> Okay, by, by a lot. Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> this is definitely like saving phase for a little bit and really bringing some like good stuff that we've been missing from a lot of the other things that we've gotten before. And how many episodes is this? Six or eight? Your shade is on fire today. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody that came out with something that just got caught straight from Black Widow, mm-hmm. she eternals down. <laughs> um, no, this is six episodes or eight? Uh, six. Oh, okay. So we got two more. So, I mean, we still got to wrap up Ronan. I mean, I don't really feel like this is going to be, like, obviously wrapped up. I feel like they're already waiting for, like, season two announcement or something. And then that's probably just going to be, like, Kate following through. Yeah, I was going to say, they're definitely going to continue most of this. Probably all of it won't be wrapped up. They'll figure something out to get rid of Ronan, like the Ronan character, in my opinion, because of all of his murdering. But I think that, like, Kate will just take this on. Yeah. Or she's just going to leave the Young Avengers. I'm glad she's older, too, because that scene of them, like, drinking together, drinking those margaritas, I will tell y'all, those are good. I've had them. (laughs) (laughs) Them frozen margaritas in that pack, I've I've had those exact same ones. They are good. They're good. That's they already come, they already come with alcohol already in it. All you gotta do is blend it up. <laughs> it's good. Okay. You so, heard it here. I'm gonna I go, do, some. go get you some. <laughs> I'm 
I do think, and this wasn't even me being sponsored, y'all. I just like them. (laughs) (laughs) I do think that, like, I appreciate them making her 22 so she can kind of actually, like, be more of a fully grown adult with stuff. And uh, I do actually like the mentor relationship that uh, Kate and Clint have. When she was hanging from that uh, wire, he clearly had some flashbacks of with with Natasha and stuff, and he's obviously still not, not over her death and everything. So that was really I like the the relationship that they were building between the two of them. Yeah, it was nice to see Nat again. All right, Pete. Yeah. What would you have rate this episode? I'd give it another four out of five. Yeah. Really enjoyed it. Um, I think this does a really good job of balancing the humor with a lot of the emotional weight that Clint's feeling in regards to his family and the Natasha stuff. Um, another amazing scene from Echo. Great Yelena entrance. Everything I needed. Kate's likable. Really enjoying the mom and Jack. I, I, I like it. It's a good show. Mm-hmm. It's actually a really quality show. The writing has been great, in my opinion. Um, the cast members have been fine. Nothing too crazy has happened mm-hmm. that has turned me off from it, or it's it's not boring like Loki was. So, so like oh. I've been in, I've been enjoying this. Yeah, I'm really excited for the next episode <laughs> to see Yelena more, obviously. But I just kind of mm-hmm. want to see what they're gonna do for her. Are they gonna kind of have her like work towards becoming an ally, or is she still gonna stay straight on the antagonist side and we get ready to gear towards Thunderbolts? Oh yeah, because that's definitely coming. Yeah. Or something so, like it, at least. Yeah, so that'll be interesting to see what they do with that, too. And shout out to them for using those specific goggles, because I only relate those to Yelena. And like, as soon, I like that they brought as that As soon in. as the episode dropped, I saw all the panels and the side-by-sides of like the goggles that she was wearing in Hawkeye and the ones that she wore in the comics. And I was like, yes. yes. A I love when look. they, I love I'm when like, they do no. that. <laughs> <laughs> I do love when they do that. Um, we love it. This has really been a great show, uh, Yelena A. So, um, yeah, I loved it. Y'all got to keep checking out the MCU Hawkeye. I'm excited for the, you know, the penultimate episode is usually the one where, like, things really pop off. And then the finale, they finish it with some superhero stuff. And then we boost off to whatever is going to come next. So mm-hmm. next week should be hot. Very much so. All right, y'all. Well, then let me let us know what you thought about Hawkeye. Um, that brings us to the end of the show. Make sure you check us out wherever you check, get your podcast and please rate and subscribe, leave us comments and all that kind of stuff. I really appreciate the comments that we've been reading from you guys. Uh, you know, you know, I try not to be too like, you know, emotional and stuff, but like, Mm. I do like it, (laughs) you know, let the Um. heart melt. (laughs) Mm. Uh, But yeah, that brings us to the end of the show. You can catch us on uh, Twitter at Another Relaunch, as well as on Instagram. You can find us on YouTube if you want to watch us and see the facial expressions that we make during this stuff <laughs> on YouTube at Another Relaunch TV. Uh, you can find me on most social media platforms at UncannyLZ. Akeen, where can they find you? You guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Keenan Lanks. You know there's an underscore at the end. Boom. All right, y'all. Well, then let's get up out of here and then we'll catch y'all next week. Peace. I don't know what that was.